Welcome to part two of Health System CIO's interview with Kevin Weiss, CIO at Best Self Behavioral Health. In this segment, Weiss talks about what he found to be the biggest lift during the merging of two organizations, how he believes telehealth can help solve one of the key challenges in delivering behavioral health care, and the importance of including non-IT folks in the decision-making process. As much as 80% of patient information is unstructured and stored outside of an EMR, Highland Healthcare helps complete the patient record by consolidating and connecting this unstructured content to core clinical systems. With a full suite of content services and enterprise imaging solutions, Highland gives clinicians a single view of all documents and medical images associated with the patient via the EMR, enabling more informed health decisions and improving patient outcomes. Highland Healthcare. See your whole patient. Visit highlandhealthcare.com to learn more. And you had mentioned that at some point you're going to move into the the training aspect. Can you talk a little bit about how that's something that the organization plans to approach? Sure. So we're we're lucky enough here to have a wonderful training department by self. And they're going to be the, the group that really helps to coordinate and conduct the training for the new EHR system. So we will soon start to begin meeting with them to develop a training strategy to figure out how we're gonna involve our super users, focus on getting them trained, and then of course, develop plans to get the rest of the organization up to speed on the product, hopefully by the end of this year. We haven't you know, finalized anything with this yet, but you know, that'll no, no doubt um, include things like a training lab, where folks can come in hands-on experience with the application. It'll no doubt contain some web-based training as well uh, that makes it easier for folks to attend and view, likely the, you know, some recorded trainings as well that people may have the opportunity to, to watch on their own time as we approach it. And as with all that, I have it focused on particular job duties as well. So trainings for counselors, doctors, you know, maybe administrative office staff, that sort of thing. Okay. And you were with Lakeshore Behavioral Health prior to the merger, right? Correct. And uh, what type of role did you have there? I was initially hired by Lakeshore as the uh, clinical EMR manager. At the time, you know, Lakeshore had about 250 employees. And uh, yeah, I was brought in to really manage the EHR application, helped optimize at the time the organization's use of the application and ensure that it was using all the features and functionality that it could be using. Okay. And so from your standpoint, when the two organizations merged, how, how did that kind of affect your role? So at the time of the merge, I had been promoted to the, the vice president of information systems. So I led the technology integration portion, you know, of the merger. I guess there were two large pieces to that. One was the traditional IT infrastructure piece, the data center, if you will. And then the second part of that was the merging of the client records in in the EMR system. Okay. And I guess to our advantage, both organizations used the same Cerner EHR platform, you know, at the time. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure that that is one thing that probably made it a little bit more manageable. 
Absolutely, yeah. There was a lot less training, actually very little training that had to take place because of that. The biggest lift was we decided to migrate the client records, at least active client records, from the Child and Adolescent Treatment Services Cerner database because they were a little bit smaller at the time. So we migrated those records into the Lakeshore database, and that was one of the biggest lifts at the time. Okay. That aside, was it was it something where it was manageable as far as uh, a merger and everything that has to go into it from the IT side? It went well, and mm-hmm. you know it took some time, certainly as these things do. But we were planful on the IT side. I think we had the right people involved. And it was more challenging probably for the child and adolescent treatment services staff, just because they were, they were sort of migrating into our EHR system. So although there were a lot of similarities, there were differences in the types of forms or maybe the appearance of a treatment plan or the look of a progress note that required some adjustment for some staff. Okay. We also, we merged um, really two data centers into one. So that was another large and lengthy project that took probably about a year, I would say. So one organization, their data center was hosted by uh, an IT partner here in the Buffalo area. Lakeshore had its own on-site data center. And we decided to pick up those two and um, you know, merge them into one data center you know, here in the Buffalo area. Okay. Okay. And you said that that was in 2017? Correct. That merger happened in June of 2017. Okay. Now, um, you had mentioned before that you had some experience on the vendor side and just wanted to talk about what made you interested in going over to the health system side and specifically uh, behavioral health. I've always enjoyed the, the healthcare side of things. Prior to me working for the medical software company, I worked at a local hospital um, on the healthcare side, you know, in Buffalo, New York. So I enjoyed healthcare. I enjoyed technology. And, you know, at the time, I just decided to, to move on. Things were changing a little bit in the, in the EMR industry. A lot of practices you know, around the time I was leaving, you know, already had EMR systems in place. So there wasn't as big of a need on the, on the new implementation side of things. And I just had a desire to get involved with a healthcare organization where I could, you know, work on the technology side and, you know, work for a company that was delivering, you know, really needed health services in the community. Right. And what would you say are the biggest challenges? in working in the behavioral health space? Funding is certainly always a challenge, you know, in the nonprofit mm-hmm. sector. Um, right. You know, we do a good job here. Uh, we have a, a team that does a great job of, of managing those funding sources and in taking advantage of as many grant opportunities that we can take advantage of. Our executive team here really supports the use of technology, uh, understands the importance of it, understands the importance of security, and that goes a long way in helping someone like me do my job here and, you know, deliver good, good service and support to the organization. Right. And then, um, I guess on the flip side, you had said that what made you interested in it, but now that you've been in the space, what do you feel are really um, the benefits? 
Best Self overall is a wonderful organization to work for. Management is, is very supportive. There's a lot of autonomy here at the organization. So it's a, it's a great place to work from that standpoint. We provide a great service, I think, to the community. Mm-hmm. You know, our clients feel that they got a lot, they get a lot of benefit out of, you know, the services that they receive from our folks. And everyone here just really cares about the services that, that they provide. Right. Um, you know, we look, you know, on the IT side, we look certainly at, you know, our customers are our staff. So we have about a thousand customers here at Best Self. And, you know, it's our top priority is to provide the best service to them that we can possibly provide. Right. right. And, and I'm sure that it's been interesting just watching now telehealth kind of getting this push. And you'd said that that some patients actually prefer it. So it's hard to predict what's going to happen from here. But I think it'll be it'll be interesting to kind of see how this shapes out, particularly in, in the behavioral health space. I agree. You know, there's there's a couple of interesting things that we're curious about. One thing that we're continuing to monitor is staff productivity. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, on the fiscal side, you know, we need to make sure that you know, our staff are being productive and that continue to have some revenue. We have a lot of dashboards and visualizations that, that allow us to keep, you know, really a, a near real-time look at that. So that's something that's going on now. Another area where we are curious about seeing if we can make an impact is on no-show rates. The behavioral health space tends to have a higher visit no-show rate than, than some other co-specialties and areas. So we're wondering if sort of the convenience of being able to do a telehealth session helps right. us to reduce the amount of no-shows that we see in our clinics. Yeah, very interesting. So it's certainly uh, a little bit of time will tell here, you know, as we continue to look yeah. at the data. Yeah. I'll just mention one last thing, you know, for what it's worth. Another really big effort here in 2020 is our information security program. In addition to the CERM Millennium EHR um, is a top priority here in 2020. And, you know, we really ramped up our efforts and, you know, are are really going to make some big gains uh, on the security side here this year. Do you have a security officer or how is that staffed at this point? So that's, that's one thing that we've addressed. So I'm, I'm our HIPAA security officer here. So I've historically managed peace. Um, we also have a security team that um, is our CFO, our IT manager, and our chief compliance officer. But we also recently hired a security compliance analyst, um, which is going to be a great addition to our organization. You know, we've partnered with another IT uh, vendor in the area here for some managed security services because we really felt that we needed to address sort of two components of our information security program. One of them is the technical side and then the other is really the compliance side. So just ensuring that we have the proper policies, procedures, and that we're adhering to those policies and procedures. So yeah, so we partnered with a company, hired a new analyst. We just completed a comprehensive review and revision of our security policies and procedures. We're getting ready to deploy a multi-factor authentication solution here. We recently deployed a secure print management platform, which really helps us on the HIPAA security side as well. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of important things going on here on the information and the cybersecurity side in 2020. Right. I, obviously, that, that's such a key, key aspect of it. Is that that's something where, where the providers do kind of understand what needs to be done, even though sometimes these things can 
disrupt workflow for for a little bit, but is that something where it's been a challenge or is there pretty much an understanding of what needs to happen in terms of security measures? Well, we certainly hope there's an understanding. Mm-hmm. We have a, what we think is a pretty good security awareness training program where we continually try to train and, and reinforce threats and, and, and things that folks need to be aware of. Like I said, we have good support from the executive team here um, on these investments that we proposed here in 2020. You know, it just, it needs to be integrated in everything that, that our folks do. With our multi-factor authentication project, for example, we did a thorough proof of concept, you know, with the vendor. Um, mm-hmm. We not only piloted it in, in IT, um, but we also piloted it with about 20 of our program managers and directors to get their feedback, see what kind of issues they might encounter, and then mm-hmm. just sort of be able to leverage them for some buy-in, you know, across the organization. Right. I would think that that helps to build trust, too. Yeah, we, we hope so. You know, as the saying goes, we don't want a lot of these things to just be IT projects. Right, you know, right. We want people to feel included and give folks, you know, an option to express their opinions. And oftentimes we learn things here from our, our non-IT staff, certainly. So it's important for us to, to survey those folks and do, do a thorough job of testing applications, you know, before we go ahead and do, do a mass deployment. Right. Yeah, I'm glad you that you brought that up. I see um, security is such a, a key component of anything when it comes to uh, these systems. So, yeah, thank you for for uh, adding that in. You're welcome. It's it's what we're sort of eating and breathing, you know, nowadays. So, um, hard to <laughs> right, right. Okay, okay. I think that bounced it up. If I have anything else, um, I'll definitely follow up with you. Um, but thanks for your time, um, especially now everyone's so busy. So we really appreciate it. And I think it's really useful and helpful for our, our readers to get more of a glimpse into uh, the behavioral health world. So thank you so much for your time. Sure. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, I appreciate you reaching out. You know, yeah, I look forward to uh, maybe another conversation down the road. All right. That sounds great. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you, Kate. Take care. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.